Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hej och välkommen till en podd om e-sport. Av e-sportbaren Kappabar, sponsor av Dr. Pepper. In this episode, yes, I just switched to English. We have an international guest with us, so I'm saying hi to Kendrick Swish. Hey, what's up guys? Thanks for having me. I am very excited and very honored to be in the show. Yeah, this is going to be our first international guest. So uh, tell us something about yourself, because I don't think many Swedes know about you. So my name is Kendrick. Uh, that's my that's my online ID, the nickname that I go by uh, in real life. My name is Michael, and I just moved to Sweden two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, um, to work here full time for a Swedish marketing um, agency called WeHype, which is based in Uppsala, which is also where I am at the moment. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been a gamer ever since I was eight years old back in the days and. I have a deep passion for esports. I've been involved in esports for a long time now, especially Heroes of a Storm, which I was a commentator and host in. Uh, and now I'm getting back into Warcraft 3, which was my my childhood love. You know, um, the game that I probably played more in my life than any other. And I'm doing some casting with Grubby and others um, right now for this game, and I'm super happy about it. Yeah. So what? made you take the decision to move to Sweden of all countries so um, it wasn't an easy decision for me to make um, going from Germany all the way to uh, to Sweden I actually went there by car 21 hour drive <laughs> was pretty sick yeah I had one stop in Denmark slept there in the bed and breakfast and then moved over uh, but the main the main reason was work really I needed something I needed a change in my life really and uh, I wanted a new challenge I've been uh, a streamer before, you know, sitting home all the time and just doing my own thing. After all these years, I thought it was time for um, for a fresh breath of air, a fresh catch of air. So yeah, I I, I accepted an offer by WeHype uh, in Sweden, and uh, I'm now working as their head of community at the company. And so far, I haven't regretted my move one bit. Nice, nice. But you have a very American accent. Are you from Germany or are you from? the u.s 
Thank you. <laughs> Many people tell me that, and I always take it as a compliment. No, I'm born and raised in Germany, but I did spend a lot of time in Canada uh, during my studies, during my university time. And um, I guess I, I have an affinity for languages, and uh, I tried really hard to get rid of my German accent because the German accent is not so sexy, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> because it's so funny, like, if you watch... Um... Uh, TLO, he's from, he's a StarCraft player from Germany. Yes, can really, yes, I know him. I mean, he, he is really good in English, but you can still hear his uh, German accent behind <laughs> it. Like, it never goes away. <laughs> it's really hard. It's a tenacious one, that one. Yeah. Uh, so what did you study in Canada? Was it um, marketing you studied, or did you study something else? No, I studied to become a teacher, a language teacher for English and Italian. And It was a requirement for our English studies to spend at least one year abroad in an English-speaking country. And most of the people I knew uh, went to England or the UK, Yeah. but that was a little bit too boring to me. And I was really lucky to find someone who had good connections to Canada, and they recommended me. I applied at a private school, and they took me for one year. Super lucky. Really lucky, yeah. I can really understand why many people would like go to the uk instead especially th since like in, in europe when you learn english in yeah. schools it's usually the british english and not the true, true. Uh, not the u.s english okay so you studied to become a teacher but you ended up with esports and uh, <laughs> yeah. marketing instead interesting <laughs> journey <laughs> uh But uh, yeah, you've been really involved with the Heroes of the Storm scene. I see you're a community manager for the Heroes Hearth. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, so I'm basically the, the guy in charge of the Warcraft 3 department uh, at Heroes Hearth. For those of you who don't know, Heroes Hearth is a company, or I would say a group of passionate people that are just trying to deliver something new. Uh, with fun formats and interesting concepts uh, in different games, actually. We have TFT, we've got um, Dead by Daylight, and um, I think they want to do Valorant, the new uh, Riot Games shooter. Um, so they're branching out in a lot of different games, and it's really cool. So I'm I'm responsible for all the Warcraft 3 stuff on the YouTubes, on Twitch, and uh, I'm coordinating a little bit behind the scenes, uh, finding other people to work with, etc., etc., Yeah, okay, cool. Because uh, I, I thought it was just Heroes of the Storm, but cool to see other games mm -hmm. involved as well. Because some games, pretty much like uh, uh, Warcraft 3, doesn't have uh, too much uh, Blizzard-sponsored <laughs> community stuff. Like, it's all... Not anymore, man. We're dry <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> They don't even fix the ladder. They don't even put that in. Yeah, why would a competitive game need a ladder? I mean, come on. Mm. Yeah, it's, and why uh, would there be a two-man passionate designer duo that can do <laughs> a custom ladder within two days or three days, and they put it online, and it's working? Strange times, man, strange mm. times. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how early to Heroes of the Storm did you get involved with that esports? Very early, actually. I started playing Heroes of the Storm when it was in the alpha. Yeah. So basically, um, the moment I had the chance, I got my hands on the game. And uh, it, was, it was a really interesting time back then because the game was so different than other MOBAs in the genre, um, completely different from League of Legends and Dota 2, most importantly, that it just felt refreshing, but also weird at some times. But 
it fascinated me. I've always been a big fan of Blizzard universes and the heroes that come with it. So I stuck to it like glue. And I was actually almost good enough to become a pro player. In the Alpha, I played a couple of tournaments with some friends and teammates. And we were pretty high up there. We even beat uh, the old Fnatic squad at some at some point oh, shit. in an Open Cup. But of course, that... <laughs> yeah. That was just uh, super early into it. Um, and yeah, then, you know, I stuck with it. And in 2015, I had my first casting gig at um, the Road to BlizzCon, which was in the Czech Republic. And it was a great event, very fun, and um, was very fortunate to work with industry legends like Kalaris and Todd uh, and Grubby back then. Yeah, I guess, I mean, uh, I was kind of sad when Grubby left the StarCraft scene, but it was cool to see him in the Heroes mm-hmm. of the Storm scene. Um, and like you said, it it very much differs from the other MOBA games. It's much it's much more. Um, not, I don't want to say easier, but somewhat easier without the itemization and stuff like that. Um, you level up simultaneously with your teammates. Yeah. yeah, it's more focused on like lanes, objectives, and team fights. So you can play it very casually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's much more fast-paced than other MOBA games, which is what I liked about it. So much faster. Dude, so much faster. I'm currently playing Dota 2 because that's the only MOBA that I haven't really been playing a whole lot. And I'm a MOBA fan, big MOBA fan. Yeah. And after playing Dota 2 for several months now, I realized how fast Heroes of a Storm is because in Dota 2, everything takes so long. Yep. I mean, a, a short Dota game, that's like 30... 30, 40 minutes, you know. <laughs> That's a stomp. Yeah. Uh, a stomp in Heroes takes like 5 to 10 minutes, depending on how bad it is. <laughs> but like even 20-minute games are immensely fun, especially when you get those um, specific talent points, like uh, your heroic talent or level 16, where every mm. build just gets insanely stronger. The team fights are so much more intense. Yes, absolutely. And... You mentioned the team fights, man, and I think that's exactly what the beauty and the biggest challenge in Heroes of a Storm was fighting those team fights very well. Because unlike in Dota or League, where you have at some point a carry that can just two shot uh, support, you know, if 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 he finds them in the right spot, in Heroes nobody is really super squishy. So these team fights were very intense, very fast, but also longer until they were decided than in other MOBAs. In League of Legends, on the highest skill level you know you watch the the lec or the lcs and oftentimes in a couple of seconds one two psh, psh, the first uh person dies and that team usually loses the team fight in heroes it's way more intense yeah and it's a, mo- a lot more like coordination between your teammates like yes uh, switching targets using stuns silence because the stunts doesn't last that long mm-hmm so it's like you stun that person and then you switch target and it's like, okay, we have two seconds to nuke this target. And then that target gets like a, like the immortal shield that Medivh gives or something, you know, and you're like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also like as a casual player, just to play with friends, it's, it's much more um, casual friendly. You can just spam some QMs. You're going to stomp yep. some. You're going to get stomped. But like you can play several games over the course of like two hours but in dota it's like one hour and you have to focus so hard 
and then you lose it. After 59 minutes, you lose the game, and you're going to bite your keyboard cable, and you're so frustrated, and you want to play another one, and then you play another one, and all of a sudden, three and a half hours are gone, and you're like, what did I do in my life? Pretty much, pretty much. And I mean, when the scene really got started, you had some... I mean, we had this... Uh, thing in Europe between Dignitas and Fnatic, which I loved, like this back and forth, who's going to win the tournament. Uh, you had the Chinese league that I dubbed the Brawl League because they were like Brawl, Brawl, Brawl. All they did was team fight. I actually casted that one with Thatcher. Yeah, that was yeah, immensely yeah. fun to it watch. It was so much fun. <laughs> uh, they were all about killing each other. Uh, but then Blizzard decided abruptly to just end the scene. How How did that affect you as a Heroes of the Storm fan and caster and everything. I'm not going to lie. It affected my life way more than I thought was possible at that time. I've always thought that, you know, since I streamed more than other casters uh, on my private stream, I always thought that it would be fine and I could just continue my stream and play Heroes there and it'll probably not affect me as much. But that wasn't really the case because... With the with the death of the esports scene, a lot of the viewer base vanished off Twitch as well, and a lot of the player base um, just walked away and, and left the game because why would they why would they support a game that just got gutted by uh, Blizzard Entertainment? And like you said, it was about the way they did it. It was not necessarily the fact that they did it; it was about the way they did it because they didn't give anyone any warnings or any long term. Um, hints to say like hey guys uh, our plans are to shut down heroes of the storm esports in half a year so we encourage you to look for something else or to adjust your life plans accordingly yeah that would have been decent that would have been a smart and very humane move yeah instead they did it a couple i think it was one or two weeks before christmas even of all things so a lot of people essentially were unemployed the pro players some of the casters uh they were unemployed didn't know about their financial future um Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that was a big slap in the face. And I think, if I understand correctly, a lot of players had like just signed new contracts with organizations uh, mm-hmm. to like bolster up the ranks to <laughs> the new season. And all of a sudden, they were out of a job. I mean, it was... And I know that the fact that the Heroes of the Storm didn't pull in as much money like uh, Dota or League of Legends does to their companies... Yeah. Uh, but I still feel like it could have been still running, but maybe with a scaled down uh, attempt from Blizzard, like maybe more online tournaments and such. They they didn't have to cancel everything. That was the that was the really weird move that nobody really understood. If you look at some of the games, um, esports wise by Blizzard Entertainment, like Hearthstone or StarCraft Two, they. For StarCraft 2 and WarCraft 3, even now with Reforged, what they did now, in my opinion, is way better than what they did with Heroes of the Storm. Instead of cutting everything and saying, we're no longer doing anything with that game, it's essentially left to die in terms of esports. They just gave all the responsibilities and a little bit of money to third-party companies like ESL and DreamHack, and they can do their own thing. You know, They can do whatever they want. Um, it's, it's not as scripted it's not as strict anymore and i'm pretty sure that this year for starcraft 2 and warcraft 3 as well is going to be so much fun because finally 
uh, there's more creative freedom with ESL and DreamHack, and they can do whatever they want to. And I think these year's tournaments are going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I was actually crying when I watched the announcement video from ESL. Um, for with many reasons. Yeah, with Thor saying and watching oh, in control on the couch. I was like, oh, the memories. <laughs> uh, but also like a sign of relief because Blizzard is notoriously bad when it comes to, you know, telling stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The dreadful wait after every Blizzard before the next year, like will there be a WCS that used to be yep. the World Cup for uh, StarCraft? Now with ESL, they're like, it's a three-year guarantee. So we know we have the esports for three years. Um, and also, I don't think it's a good thing for a game development company to also host the esports because developing games and hosting in worldwide, you know, international thing, it's too much. It's too time consuming for them. So I feel that it's better better for them to take ESL that focuses just on tournaments let them do it because then you just have to focus on maintaining your games instead i i agree i think with the exception of right games no other major publisher has managed to execute their esports while controlling it 100 percent. you um, can't you, you really cannot do it without spending tons of money and resources and time and dedication and Especially in you know in these hectic days, many companies don't have that anymore. Um, look at Valve, what they're doing. They're basically the most hands-off company in esports that you can imagine. Um, they don't interfere in Dota. They don't interfere in CS:GO, um, and they're having great success with it. Yeah, they're Valve is making uh, some money, you could say. CS:GO is is coming, man. I'm telling you, CS:GO numbers are on the rise. Like, no, I, I didn't expect that. I, I would have never thought that after all those years that CSGO would still be such a massive, massive esports. Yeah, I mean, it's 10 years plus now and it's growing again. I mean, it's always going to have ups and downs, but now it's like on the, on the rise again. I think they recently celebrated 1 million concurrent players on Steam, which the game has never had before. Of course, that is... With a corona uh, crisis and everyone staying at home and, you know, gaming. Um, but that's still a massive success after all these years, man. Yeah, and I think also, like, with the corona stuff that's been going on, imagine if Blizzard would have been, like, the producer of, say, I Am Katowice. They would have lost money on two places now. Now they don't because it's now it's ESL, which is a shame, but mm-hmm. now it's them bleeding money instead of you bleeding money from multiple angles. Yes. Uh, yeah. And also, as a as a spectator and as a viewer, it's um, you can really tell when an organization focuses just on the tournament, like uh, ESL does. The yes. everything extras is just so much more because they have the time. They have dedicated people that focuses only on uh, promo videos, hype stuff, uh, etc. And I think that's gonna help both StarCraft and Warcraft 3 as an esports to grow back to what it was. And just think of all the great times people had at DreamHacks, you know, when people are just having fun, even on the casting desk, you have people dressing up sometimes, you know, people are being made fun of, there's memes, there's sound bites. 
Um, then you think of tournaments like uh, the Take TV um, seats, uh, Home Story Cup. You know, um, these events are absolutely legendary. Yep. And you normally don't have as much fun in developer-only sponsored leagues and tournaments. No, you can't because like a company like Blizzard, they have shareholders and absolutely they have to accompany them. But if we take Take TV as an example, uh, I was at the Homestar Cup in Berlin in the Biodome. Oh, you've been there? I, that's one of my one of my things that I want to do. It's on my bucket list. I haven't been there. Oh, the Biodome thing was insane. So an esports <laughs> tournament in an inside environment that has like a jungle vibe oh, to it tropical I forest every day and i was so jealous that i couldn't be there uh, i was super fun but that's a thing that only like a private producer can do because it's up to them to do whatever they want and yeah. that gives such an epic feeling to a tournament that a gaming company really can't give if they are the tournament organizer when hero marine lost his glasses in the pool <laughs> <laughs> That was my personal favorite moment. I felt so bad for him. And uh, it was really like watching a soap opera at some times. Yeah. Um, to me, it was the greatest thing in esports pretty much, I think, that I've ever watched from home. Yeah, I mean, the uh, especially all the extra stuff like the water slide contest. Uh, mm. <laughs> like a bullshit thing to do, but it was so much fun. And it, like, even though the games are short, every, like, segment was so much more enjoyable to watch. So you were watching the stream for like hours and hours a day, even though maybe a couple of them was the actual games. The rest was just so much fun to watch. 100%. 100% agree. It was so much fun. But let's see where Blizzard is going to uh, take our favorite games. You know, let's see what happens to Heroes of a Storm. I don't think they're going to get an esports scene, like a professional esports scene ever again. And that's probably for the better. But I want to see what happens to Warcraft 3. So many tournaments are going on right now. So many tournaments are going to happen later this year. Uh, it's a really passionate, dedicated fan base. And StarCraft 2, like you said, um, it's only going to get better this year. So hopefully the corona crisis is not going to kill or destroy any more of these events. Hopefully it's going to be solved soon or as soon as possible. And um, we can watch as much as possible. Yeah, I hope so. And... Uh... <clears throat> I'm thinking let's switch over to the Warcraft 3 scene that uh, should have gotten a big resurrection with Reforged. But uh, that release was, um, yeah, it was a release, so to say, but not much more too than soon, that. Too soon, Robski, it still hurts. <laughs> I know. It's too soon. Uh, oh, I stayed up watching uh, the DreamHack Anaheim. Yep. W followed Thorsen, of course, and... Uh, Oh my god. If you did didn't watch that tournament, Thorsen was facing off a really, really good Korean. The best in the world. Yeah. And he basically had him by the ropes and then the game just decided to fuck him over <laughs> by disconnecting. Uh three times in a row in their last game they had disconnect issues, not because of um, cables or like LAN internet or anything but uh, the game just abruptly booted him out of the game so they had to revert back to the old client actually insane insane uh, it's it's a hundred percent blizzard's uh blizzard's fault yeah it was not the internet it was not electricity it was not dreamhack's fault by any means it was literally reforged not being able to run smoothly enough and properly enough 
And of course, in 2020, when you relaunch a game, there is no reconnect feature. There is no save the game and start off a replay like in StarCraft 2. Obviously not. I mean, come on. It's 2020. It's not the future. <laughs> the technology is not there yet. And I and I saw Thorazin, you know, he's probably, I don't know him personally yet. Uh, maybe I get the chance to talk to him at some point. That would be uh, insanely cool. But I, I think he's a very calm person and a very, you know, chill person. But to see him being this frustrated and angry that he threw up his uh, hands in the air and w- couldn't believe what was happening. It was just so disheartening because Moon, his opponent, he is the most accomplished Warcraft 3 player of all time. He's a legend. And to beat him in such a tournament environment would have probably been Thorzane's greatest success uh, in his Warcraft 3 history. Um, yeah, and as per usual, when it's an RTS from Blizzard, it's always foreigner versus Koreans because that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the face that Thorsen made because he's such a gentleman, he walks up calmly to Moon, shakes his hand, but True. then he jolts back to his keyboard, and I was so sure he was going to smash it on the screen because you could see that he was so mad. Couldn't have blamed him. No. <laughs> um,. But other than that, than that uh, Warcraft 3 is still going. There, like you said, there are many tournaments and it's a, it's a community that's been going through rougher times than the StarCraft community that's had to face the dead game memes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, what do you think about the year 2020 for Warcraft? Where do you think it's going to end up? I think it's going to end up as a very strong and solid alternative to StarCraft II in the RTS genre. Mm. And I think that by the end of the year, the scene, the community um, will have grown and more people are going to watch it than at the end, of, uh, at, the, at, at the beginning of the year, sorry. Yeah. And I think that the game will be around for another 10 to 15 years. Even if Blizzard doesn't support it at this point, the Warcraft 3 community doesn't need it anymore. We have all the tools we need. We have the love, the dedication, the talent, the great casters, to mention back to Warcraft, who've been grinding and fighting for the game for 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 many, many years. Yeah. And now we have people like Pad, um, who has been developing a ladder for the game, and it's working very well. I saw Grubby stream the other day. I watched it, and he looked like a different person on that stream because for a long time he you could see that he didn't feel the game as much as before but now with that ladder working and more and more people signing up and the elo system actually matching people of roughly the same skill level into each other that just brought back the sparks in his eyes and so did with me i can't wait to get to get started there i can't wait to sign up so even if i mean blizzard is going to deliver the ladder i firmly believe that it's just a matter of time and I think they will continue to patch it, but I, I, they don't need to. The game would survive even without them. Yeah. Um, there is a slight ping issue with that uh, service, I've been told, depending on where you live. That's true. Right now, if two players from the same country, let's say a German plays against another German, if they both sign up in the ladder and get thrown into the same match, it could happen if they're playing on an NA server, which makes no sense. Both players now with a 300 ping, 
It's terrible. It's not fun for anyone. But still, this... I mean, I don't really understand how Blizzard could fail so much because they already had the game. As far as I understood, it was it was going to be like StarCraft Remastered. Um, high definition skins, basically. That's what was going to be different. But still, mm-hmm. that they delivered something that was... I want to say half-assed. Uh, it is. Kind of like the Fallout, <laughs> Fallout thing. Uh, Fallout 70, uh, 76, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. That like a year later it was fixed. But mm-hmm. man. But it's great. And the thing is, so uh, sorry to interrupt you there, no, Ruski. No. I think I've got my own personal theory about this and why uh, the game is so unfinished. I think in 2018, when they had this terrible BlizzCon with yeah. Diablo Immortal and oh. <laughs> uh, people booing on stage, and then there yep. came the phone meme, you know, don't you guys have phones? With this being the worst BlizzCon of all times and the roughest time for Blizzard, um, I think they needed some positive press, some good news, and I think that's why they announced Warcraft Reforged with all these great features on paper. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why they said, we're going to release it next year. And then uh... the media and the crowd would go crazy and they would be like, well, maybe Diablo Immortal was shit, but at least we have the Reforce coming. Yeah. I think they knew from the beginning that it was never going to happen. And I think they just did it to save their face a little bit, to save face and uh, get at least some good press and maybe some good news from the investors and shareholders, of course. Mm-hmm. And... You know, now they basically um, have the community as <laughs> their their hostages. You know, they're like, "Well, there, there you got it. Yeah. Deal with it." Yeah, I guess like, it's kind of funny. I mean, I love Blizzard so much, but basically, the only good news I've been hearing about Blizzard for the um, last two years was when ESL announced that they're taking over StarCraft Two as an esports. Everything else, I mean, 2019, they did a showcase reel from the BlizzCon. Not one second of StarCraft was in that showcase reel. And I was like, and the entire StarCraft community was like, so you do realize that your world championship was decided on that day and that you had a winner? Maybe show him lift the trophy, you know? I don't know. Um, It's... I mean, shock and awe, and especially the um, BlizzCon uh, year before, uh, 2018, when, like you say, they announced what everyone was expecting to be a uh, Diablo 4, but yeah. was a cheap knockoff <laughs> on a phone game that not even Blizzard made, it's just Blizzard skin, but it's an actual other game that they're just going to copy straight up. Uh, and the fact that they tried to save face during the launch, saying, uh, well, the do you guys not have phones? I mean, if you realize that you're getting booed, just stop and walk away. Just realize that, yeah, this was not our move to make. Yeah, and, and I, I can't even blame uh, the developer, the I forgot his name, but the Diablo um, lead on the on the project that he said that because he must have been under so much stress and uh, under so much pressure that... Um, we cannot really blame the developers or the people who make the games. At this point, it's just all the the executives, you know, the the big 
the big decision makers there at Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I mean, if I were to tell you, um, Kenrick, tomorrow we're going to have a Warcraft 3 tournament and it's going to be super professional. You're going to be like, yeah, but like, do we have any players? Have you talked to someone? Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? And then we do a tournament tomorrow and it's shit. And like, <laughs> you do what you can do, but you need time to make a great game. And Old Blizzard used to be a company that was like, you know what? We're not happy with this game as the state is right now. So we're going to postpone the launch like they did with um, Cyberpunk. They're like, no, we're not happy with what we have. So we're going to take some more time so that when we do deliver, you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've been waiting for launches before. We've been waiting for patch updates before and... Like, yeah, you get a bit upset and sad when they postpone, but you also get the assurance that when it actually is released, it won't be buggy. Like when they um, released a new season in StarCraft, like uh, I think it was two seasons ago. Um, Initially, all the maps were bugged. So the, um, (laughs) the ramp from your main down to your natural was not even visible. So you couldn't move on. Of your main base. <laughs> uh, because of a programming error. Which was immensely fun. But yeah. Something's happened to Blizzard. And I'm, I'm not liking it. Not one bit. They didn't make. They didn't mess everything up. Warcraft. Uh, World of Warcraft Classic was at least uh, decent. But. Um, and I, I, I firmly believe in Diablo 4. Um, I've played it a little bit at BlizzCon. I, I really think that this is going to be. Uh, the make or break for Blizzard. You know, if Diablo 4 of all games turns out to be buggy, unfinished, um, not fun, whatever, I think that is going to be the final nail in the coffin. Um, but if Diablo 4 turns out to be another uh, groundbreaking experience, like some of the other Diablo games before, 1 and 2, oh yeah, then I think uh, it can really bounce back and maybe uh, find back to its... Um, former classic roots but um, yeah it's going to be interesting for sure it's going to be super interesting Um, but say you're a Warcraft 3 player and you want to get involved with like the Heroes Hearth um, how do you get involved with that community so we started a YouTube channel and uh, we're doing weekly content over there on the Heroes Hearth Warcraft 3 channel Um, most of it is related to Fight Night which is a um, format we're a King of the Hill format, really, where we have um, a challenger come up against the former champion. And if the challenger wins, then they become the champion and get a little bit of money. And they can play as many times as they win, basically. So we do interviews for that one. We cover it with... Um, we have something in plannings, which is a highlight series or a highlight reel of the Fight Night 2. Um, I sometimes do solo replay cast. Sometimes uh, we work together with other content creators or players, pro gamers, um, to have them cast or or commentate over some games of theirs. So that's really uh, the way I want to reach out to the community and uh, just involve them, you know, by actively having them on the show, um, asking the fans out there which players they want to see on the fight. And for example, we usually take some inspiration there on their side. And that's usually how I throw myself out there. Um, I'm very happy to work with everyone in the scene. So if you're listening to this podcast and you like Warcraft 3 and you have some cool ideas, then you can always let me know. Uh, you mentioned Endars, uh, right, Robski? So 
I can I can tell you that Endars and I were working on something um, tournament related. I don't want to share too many details, but uh, we're planning something in Sweden. We're going to cook up something. Yeah, I've been um, in contact with him, and we've been talking back and forth. Uh, it's going to be a a fun autumn in Sweden, actually. Uh, oh yeah, oh it's yeah, it's going to be huge, and uh, <laughs> some other Warcraft three related stuff is also happening with. Uh, with the birdie, a big land in Sweden. Um, mm. That was supposed to be uh, at the end of May, but yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, there's going to be some online tournaments, but uh, I'm going to try to help boost the um, both StarCraft and Warcraft 3 scene in Sweden with like some national championships, uh, hopefully oh, nice. sponsored. And uh, not just be for the pro players, but also for the community like combined so that... You can be a total amateur, but still sign up and try and compete as best as you can. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of stuff for the standard average player um, to just have a little bit of fun, you know, and to to test how good you've become or how good you are. Like in the ESL Open Cups every Sunday, um, you can basically sign up there. Until recently, we've had the Back to Warcraft AMD Rising Star Cups that were open to everyone. So there, there's a lot of community involvement this year. So if you just want to have fun and you always wanted to experience what it feels like to play against a pro at some point, maybe um, just sign up for one of these cups. There's many chances to get involved. Yeah, I mean, it's always, I mean, even if you get really stomped by a better player, um, usually RTS players are like really friendly. So you can always like hook, hook them up before, uh, after the game and like, okay, so explain where, where you stumped me, or what did I do wrong? And yeah, uh, yeah. mostly they will actually be like, oh, okay, so you did this move, which made me do this move because I know that's going to crush you because what you did is not something you're supposed to do. And that's a, a good way to learn uh, that. And also like uh, with the bad ladder-ish thing that they have with the, <laughs> the current state of Warcraft. I mean, I saw the Muslim going like 90 straight wins in his uh, <laughs> streaming because he only got uh, paired up with people that he should never have been paired up with. Like, uh, if, if you play like a StarCraft ladder, I'm a diamond player. I would never match mm-hmm. up against him because he's a grandmaster. He's just so much better than me. It's not even worth it. But with a non-ladder system... Uh, was it like is it completely random who you face off? Uh sorry, where uh, where do you face them off? Uh the ladder in or like in, in Warcraft 3 right now? Yeah. Yes. So um there is some sort of matchmaking. Um you do have some sort of MMR rating uh or matchmaking rating, but it's not very accurate and it's not very easy for you to follow it. Um, so the best, it, it's kind of more or less random, yes. So you're going to face a lot of new players, but you're also going to face a lot of good players. So it's not a very competitive experience at the moment. Shame, shame. Um, <clears throat> shame. 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 <laughs> uh, but uh, do we have any like up-and-coming online tournaments that people should be looking out for, considering that everyone's at home, not being outside? Yeah, they should be looking out this Friday. Um, for the Heroes Hearth Fight Night goes into the next edition, next episode. We're going to have the French Undead side play against his Russian teammate Napo, or Neutron, as uh, 
some people call him as well. So this is a very, very interesting Night Elf versus Undead coming up, and Grubby and I will be casting that. Besides that, um, there is, uh, let me think, there is some, there's the Chinese WGL tournament coming soon. The qualifiers are running at the moment, so uh, Back to Warcraft will have you covered with this one, twitch.tv slash Back to Warcraft. Um, then, of course, we have the upcoming ESL Pro Tour. Um, the next stop should be DreamHack Summer, but of course, nobody knows what's happening at DreamHack Summer at the moment. So we're all keeping our fingers crossed that yeah, uh, it was postponed to August. It was postponed, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's still hopefully, uncertain. Hopefully, it won't be canceled uh, if this Corona thing lasts longer. Yeah, people just need to be like gamers and have social distance. Then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many have great the numbers memes. of of LAN PCs, so everybody gets to have more space. Yeah, but it's so funny to watch all the memes uh, with the Corona times. It is, man. And I, I think you gotta you gotta keep that uh, sense of humor. Um, there's already so many, so many places where you can find bad news and drama and you know horrible terror scenarios online. So I think it's important, man, that to keep the memes and to keep the fun about it too. Yeah, but speaking about Warcraft uh, in Starcraft, there is constant uh, balance. Uh, let's call it discussions, but it's basically wine. <laughs> uh, how's the um, balance in uh, Warcraft 3 with all the races and such? I think it's in an okay state. Um, Every race I think has one matchup in which they aren't super good or in which the other race might be favored a little bit. But I don't think there is one race that dominates all others or one race that could not win by any means. Um, I would say humans look really good at the moment. Um, so do undeads, and I think uh, night elves and orcs they tend to struggle a little bit more, but in return they have some really solid players to to make up for it in the pro scene. Yeah, because the fun thing about like, <clears throat> I mean, Starcraft has three three races and Warcraft has four, but also Warcraft has like a I want to call it a MOBA element to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the heroes and stuff, because that's such a huge difference when it comes to like in starcraft you just have your units and your armies but in warcraft you have um, first of all army units but you also have heroes and you can have multiple heroes and they can have itemization so yeah, it's like have a, items you have creeps exactly there's so much different than yeah you also have creeps on the map that you need to take out and then then you have shops here and there where you buy items and stuff mm-hmm yeah, I, I think it's it's one of the hardest game to balance in the RTS genre. True StarCraft 2 is is very complex in many ways, or in, in some ways even more complex than Warcraft 3 from a macro point of view, for example. But it's not as diverse. You know, there's not as many X factors in it uh, compared to Warcraft 3. I feel that from a balancing point of view, you have to put it into consideration. Yeah, exactly. And also like... Um... You don't want to make heroes too weak because then people are uh, players aren't gonna choose them. Uh, but you also don't want to make them too strong. And then uh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a whole new story, and that's what I like about Warcraft because it brings like my two favorite game styles together: the RTS, but also the usage of heroes and items and uh, some lovely plays. Yeah. I, I I tend to play 
other RTS every now and then. Mm. I'm definitely going to play the new Command and Conquer remaster when it comes out. Um, but I, I'm, I'm already, I can already tell you uh, that after playing a little bit of Command and Conquer, I'm probably going to miss my heroes. <laughs> it's always the same. I miss at some point. I miss my heroes. Yeah, I yeah. saw this funny meme where, about the Command & Conquer and it was saying like well, for all the companies actually delivering today, EA is the one delivering. And I was like, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> when EA is outperforming you in terms of customer friendliness and uh, quality and, and, and stuff like that, then you know something is not going well for you. <laughs> yeah, something's fucking bad. So for those of you who don't know... Um, the one of the like really original RTS games, uh, Command and Conquer, is getting also our remastered because everyone's doing remastered. It's like the movie industry, we're doing the same thing but all over again. Yeah. Uh, easy money. Easy money, but I mean, for us boomers, it's it's a lovely time to be alive because we the, feel the, young again. Yeah, I mean, the games you played as young, like uh, Command and Conquer, uh, Age of Empire. Everything of that's coming back, and I'm like, yes. Resident no. Evils. Oh, everything is coming back. Final Fantasy VII. Oh, that remake though, goddamn the movies. <laughs> Oof, and the fact that they're sticking to, like they they really made a re- remastered of the Final Fantasy VII. Like everything is legit the same, but with high graphics, and that's something that, that, that stunned me. Is a new game, yeah. Uh, that was that was beautifully done by them. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll be having some more. We had a Warcraft three like large event ish at Kappa in Stockholm where we had a tournament where both uh, Nof and Ender were there actually. Mm-hmm. Nof won the game, uh, the tournament because he's just that good. Uh, he's 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 a beast, both uh in the game and out of game. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. He, he has lifted. Is he tall as well? I've never seen him in in real life. Is he is he tall as well, or just just broad? No, he's also tall. Not as tall as me, but I'm almost two meters tall. So, whoa, what? Yeah, I'm a giant. Oh my god, the mountain. Yeah, I'm a Swede. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully some issues. I mean, they did release a patch newly to Warcraft 3 where they fixed some things, but that was mostly like campaign related, I think. It's not worth mentioning, really. They, um, I think there was something about Naga footprints now being correctly displayed. And I'm like, okay, if, if that's on your priority list right now, then everything is lost. <laughs> so that's what they patched when everyone's crying about the game not being able to run on a professional level in a tournament. Yep. yep. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Because, I mean, I, w- I don't mind watching Warcraft tournaments in the old, you know, 90s uh, graphics, but of course it's more fun to watch a game with, like, pretty graphics because, let's face it, we're all graphic nerds. And I, I think they are pretty. I think the graphics aren't necessarily that bad. And after playing a couple of games, you know, like I've played all of the campaigns uh, with the new graphics and playing some multiplayer games as well. I thought I thought my eyes could get adjusted to it very nicely, actually. So from a 
commentator point of view or from a viewer's point of view, I think the new graphics would have been amazing. But of course, you can't have them because it's it's rumored and it's it's factively proven that these new graphics caused the desync. Yeah. Ever since tournament organizers or uh, uh, casters have switched to classic graphics, these desyncs don't happen anymore. That is so unexplainable to me because, I mean, they had the game done. All they needed to do was just change the sprites, uh, aka graphics. That's all you need to do. They, I, they, they were just too ambitious. They should have just gone the Command and Conquer route. Um, in my opinion, Command and Conquer Remastered is doing everything correctly. Age of Empires 2, the definitive edition, they did everything correctly. It's it's a it's a masterpiece of a game still. Um, but I think Blizzard just wanted too much. They were overly ambitious with this project, and now it backfires. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at us RTS nerds, I mean, I love I still love StarCraft 2. I still love the graphics, even though the graphic engine is like really old. Mm-hmm. But in RTS, you can't really have that too much detail-specific graphics like you can do in an FPS game or some other games where the graphics are much more important, so to say. Uh, and especially if it intervenes with the actual game being functional. Because to have a game that gives you random DCs within a game... And I, I was told because I sometimes listen to Todd's town hall meetings mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and there was an uh, one of the developers from Blizzard was there and he just turned around and walked away because he didn't want to face the crowd like he didn't even have the decency to come up and say shit I'm sorry but this is bad Yeah, and the fact that Blizzard haven't even like, given a specific apology to both Thorsen or the I mean imagine a stream hack you're trying to organize this huge money wise tournament that is going to be in held there in anaheim and you're gonna have loads of fans you're gonna have thousands and thousands of viewers on stream and it goes that bad and not even the game company can give something as a decent shit man we're sorry that it was so screwed up yeah it, it it was really not the greatest moment. It was really sad. Um, personally, I I'm still a firm believer in the community, though. Um, I I'm watching the game almost on a daily basis on Twitch, whether it's watching a private stream or um, watching a tournament that is going uh, going on right now. Um, and I think there's still so much beauty even in these ugly times for Warcraft Three uh, from the Blizzard point of view. Um, I still think there's so many fantastic people out there, though. Like you said, Todd with uh, the Town Hall and his own personal stream, which is very entertaining. Um, and then you have, of course, people like Grubby, uh, Back to Warcraft. Uh, Heroes Hearth, man, we're trying our hardest to to deliver the fans um, some good quality entertainment. So, yeah, I think uh, the future is still bright and, and, and lovers of the genre, of the game, are definitely going to find more than enough tournaments and other gigs and other sources of entertainment for them to you know to stick with it yeah i hope so uh um, smaller communities usually get tighter and much more like appreciate of just something going on i mean warcraft 3 had has had a really rough journey with like starcraft taking 
over the RTS version of uh, esports and really like casting a shadow over Warcraft 3 mainly because Blizzard just so they focus so much on StarCraft because of the insane success it had in Korea. Mm-hmm. I mean, StarCraft 1 actually boomed so hard in Korea that uh, it changed their the nation's BNP because of it. Like a new business was <laughs> developed. I mean, it's insane how much it... In, how, much of an impact it had on even to this day people people a lot of people are playing it and uh, yeah there's still tournaments and leagues and you know the the old school players or some of the old school players i think up until recently flash was still involved uh one of the greatest if not the greatest of all time oh he's still uh he's still playing oh he's still playing yeah wow that's even better that's crazy uh he he did retire um like in the end of last year, but then he came back again, and yeah, he's still stomping. <laughs> like he's been uh, since the early two thousand. He's like legit the strongest legend in Korea. Like um, it's so fun to sometimes watch the old uh, replays of uh, the old pro league when they had yeah. you know their uh, space booths and. Uh, would you would you say he's the greatest of all time in StarCraft One? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, uh, he's the Starcraft longest. One is, is, I, I've I've followed a lot of um, you know a lot of StarCraft Two. Yeah, but StarCraft One, I haven't even played the single player game. I'm not sure why. It, what? It, no, I I never played the uh, the single player campaign in Brute War or the the base game. It was just something that I completely missed. Probably because back then I was just too occupied and busy with. Uh, with Warcraft 3. Ah, uh, understandable. Uh, but yeah, he's the one who's had the, the longest concurrent, like uh, being ranked number one ever in StarCraft yeah. 1. Um, and he's still... He, tr- he did go over to StarCraft 2 for a while, but he did not find the same success because the mm-hmm. games are just so so much different, even though it it's yeah. the same. But... Yeah, he's still he's still at it. Um, I think his wrists his wrists are going to take him out of the game soon because he he's really. That's why he wanted to retire earlier. Ah, I see. Because of wrist issues, and I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. Is eventually your body's just gonna succumb. Because let's face it, it's not good for your body to be a competitive esports player, especially not StarCraft where. You have an APM of 300 plus and you're doing shit all the time with your fingers and your wrists especially. <laughs> yeah. So that's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to a bright future for Warcraft 3 here in Sweden. Uh, I'm going to try my best with, together with Andars and uh, Nof to And uh, hopefully even you to have some good times at either Kappa Bar or some other venue where we can have some awesome Warcraft 3 tournaments and uh, engage the community that is actually here in Sweden. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for for adding your part. Um, I really appreciate it. No worries, no worries. As an RTS fan, it's it's a delight. We gotta stick together, man. Yeah, I mean, it's us against the rest. <laughs> That's the way it is. We can't boost with, uh, boast with like um, multi-million dollar uh, tournaments like TI, but man, we have some great stuff regardless. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, we're closing in an hour, so um, I want to say thank you, Kendrick, for being a part of this first English <laughs> podcast episode of uh, our podcast. I had so much fun, man. Thank you for, for inviting me. It was a great time. No worries. And uh, let's say someone wants to follow you on social media or Twitch. Uh, what do they search for in order to find you? Uh, just look for Kendrick Swish, and you spell the Swish with a double S. Uh, don't ask me why. I was I was a I was a weird a weird guy when I made my nickname. I don't know. So usually I refer to myself as Kendrick these days. It's it's easier, you know. Um, but yeah, Kendrick Swish on Twitch, Twitter. Um, those are usually the most important channels. And keep an eye out, you know, on your on your next offline event. I might be there with uh, WeHype, the company that I work for now. Um, I might be at some Dream Hacks um, when they when they happen. I might be at some Twitch cons or. Uh, game exhibitions elsewhere gamescom you know uh you might be able to see me there um so shout outs to to my boys and girls at WeHype as well for helping me so much during these moving times you know with the move and and finding an apartment here so shout outs to them shout out to them and uh to everyone who's listened to this show thank you so much um and we'll keep in touch next week we'll see if it's gonna be a swedish episode or an english but uh Until then, keep playing, keep social distancing, and also remember to type GG when you lose the game. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 